Well, you're glad. You're glad that he took over our prison. You're glad. I don't know why I've been referencing the prison. Are you okay? I'm Mentally, are you okay? <laughs> Physically? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I have a stomach ulcer, and also I can feel the vein in my brain swelling for the aneurysm that I'm about to have. Mm. So, you better shut your fucking <laughs> What's poppin', everybody? My name's Jacob. I'm <laughs> JT. This is Carl's and Dubs, where we talk about shit and you don't care. Alright. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, actually. Basically. The shit we're talking about today is in Kanto. <laughs> Which is not shit, and Kanto's actually really good. Alright, and this has been Colonel's <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Um, <coughs> it is kind of fun, because we're basically just like a radio station, because nobody listens. And everybody that listens to us is within a five-mile radius of our apartment. And Germany. And also Germany. <laughs> so, shout-out to the Germans. I don't know, man. I want to keep the... I want to I make sure you guys always feel loved and appreciated. Love you guys. Um, We're dropping that German, German merch next year. German merch. German exclusive. I mean, our, we could pretty easily make our logo German flag colors. Yeah. It'd be that hard. But why... For the fucking Germans, dude. For the Germans. For the Germans. I don't do anything for my German home. I'm actually thinking of moving to Germany. Oh, are you? Legitimately? No. No. Oh. I, like I thought you were about to drop a huge bomb on me right now. I'd be like, actually, next week I'm breaking our lease <laughs> and moving to Germany. I've saved up $75,000. That is quite the money. Of one week. And I should be able to move to Germany. <laughs> this is already a fucking train wreck. Um, I'm in physical pain. They can't hear you. You're so close to my video. Good. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Wait, I just said that while I'm playing. Everything that I hate. I know. Everyone already knows that. Do they? Yeah. I mean, I don't usually make it obvious on the one recording that I don't like your cat. For everyone who was unaware, me and JT's cat have been feeding for like three months now. Yeah, she usually wins. <laughs> we, we used to be cool, and we really don't fucking like each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Not sure what happens. Sometimes people just grow apart. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, Encanto is a movie that about a family. It's about some peeps who's got some songs and shit. Yeah. Roll credits. Talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, at the beginning of the movie, the Thousand Days War to flee her village in Colombia, a young Alma Madrigal, Madrigal loses her husband Pedro Madrigal, but saves her triplet infant children Julieta, Peppa, and Bruno by a miracle. America, by a miracle. By a miracle. <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? What the fuck was that? No, the first one I said America, and then I made fun of myself. <laughs> by America. America by the power of the United States of America. The good old American miracle. Her candle attains magical qualities. Blast away the computers and creates a sentient house, the Casita. Yeah. For them to live in along with the magical realm bordered by tall surrounding mountains. I wouldn't really Encanto. Yeah, they call it the Encanto. Um I wanna be real with you, I didn't know this was Based on an actual historical. Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and just click on the Thousand Years of War info real quick. Thousand Days of War. 
Yeah, a thousand days were a civil war fought in Colombia between October 17th, 1899 and November 21st, 1902. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so that, I mean, that makes sense, because I was kind of wondering when this movie was set. Between 1899 and 1902. Well, after 1902, because... Oh, yeah, a few years. It's probably, because yeah, that was, like, the war ended. It's probably, like, the 40s or so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then. So that's cool. That's good to know. Yeah, I, like I said, I didn't know this is based on like an actual. I mean, it's not based on an actual historical event, but like the the beginning is, I guess. Yeah. So <clears throat> the candle, the candle's magic grants superhuman gifts to the family and their descendants, which they are using to provide for themselves and serve the villagers. However, Bruno, vilified and scapegoated for his gift of precognition, disappeared ten years earlier when Maripol. Mirabel? Maribel. Maribel. Uh, who, uh, Julieta's youngest daughter mysteriously did not receive a gift and feels out of the family for it. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the premise of the movie. It's pretty cool because in the, in the beginning of the movie when they're explaining how she got the miracle, the story is actually, like, portrayed differently than it is because they revisit the story of them getting the miracle later on. And it's a lot more like... I don't know. True to life, I guess. It's kind of like the first time they tell you about it. It's from the grandmother's point of view where she's trying to, like, make it sound not as bad. So she doesn't, like, scare her children or whatever. Because, like, you see the husband walk away and then you see her cry and then the candle gets bright and that's about it. But then later on you see it the way it was there where he, like, gets cut down by a dude on a horse mm-hmm. and then she screams and is, like, wailing with grief and then the candle, like, explodes the dudes that did it. Yeah. It's like... Pretty hardcore. It's a pretty powerful blast for a candle, I'd say. Yeah. Like, most candles are like a 3 out of 10 kind of blast, but that one at most is 6 out of 10. Yeah. Anyway. What the hell is a 10 out of 10? 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say it, you won't. <clears throat> no. Uh, <laughs> who here wants to be a little... That's me. <laughs> Anyways, on his fifth birthday, Peppa's youngest son, Antonio, is gifted with the ability to communicate with animals. Yeah. His family poses for a picture, but neglect Maribel, who is waiting on a miracle. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That should be the name of a song, actually. Yeah. Pretty cool. No, I mean, they skipped a little bit there, because the, you have the intro song. And then, well, I mean, basically, what happens up until this point is they just introduce everyone and their powers, and then they're like, hey, Antonio and, and Maribel are really good friends. Yeah, and they, like, show that Maribel has to stay in the nursery, because, like, in the house, you get a room when That's you get a up, gift. <laughs> so, like, Maribel never got a room. Like, you can sleep in here with the children. Yeah. I really, yeah. I, I really, like, I'm just saying this, I don't know what happens, but I really hope that, like, she ends up becoming, like, the hero for the whole family and saves everybody. <laughs> Like, I really hope that happens. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, family's pretty cool. No one's really a dick. No, yeah. not really. <laughs> uh, Felix is a huge bro. Is, but my grandma, yeah. yeah, yeah, boy, grandma. yeah. She, she do be a little bit of a bitch, especially to Maribel. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, for now, anyways. <laughs> Felix is a bro. Um, <laughs> well, one thing, I guess, while I'm talking... One thing that I really like about this movie is that there's a lot of characters, right? Mm. And so they don't all get to have a whole lot of lines or screen time. 
So one of the things that I feel like they do really well in this movie is anytime a character's on screen, they're always doing something that gives you like a little inside another personality, right? Whether they're talking or not. So there's like little scenes where like the one cousin who like shape shape shifts has like mm-hmm. maybe like four lines throughout the movie, but yeah. you can tell that he's kind of like a prankster a little yeah. bit because he always like just does like pranks with his shape shifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like because that's I was talking about Felix. Like there's little things where. He just, like, gives Antonio a thumbs up for something later on in the movie, and, mm-hmm. like, the way he interacts with, with Peppa, who's his wife, like, you, you get a feel for who the character is without having to waste a whole lot of lines and screen time on them. I feel like they juggle the cast pretty well. Like, everybody gets enough screen time without feeling too, like, mm-hmm. jammed in, but also not like we're wasting time because we have to get to know them. So, Mary Bill begins. Mary Bill. Mary Bill begins. Yes, Bill. Very left out. Uh, literally left out of the family picture. Anyway, uh, she starts to. She leaves the celebration and suddenly sees the casita cracking and the candles flame flickering. But she runs back into the family who are partying in Antonio's new big jungle room. Yeah, they all get rooms that are, like, themed around their powers because mm-hmm. the house is magic. Except for her. Except for her. She stays in the nursery because she's boring and doesn't have any fucking... Yeah. Boring. Yeah. What a boring main character. <laughs> um. Oh, and she's like, hey, everybody. The house is falling apart. House is back. This is bad. Shit's going down. Come check it out, y'all. And then they go check it out, and it just looks pretty normal to me. Yeah. And so her grandmother gets kind of pissed at her. And her mom. Mm-hmm. Especially her grandma. Yeah, her grandma. She kind of sucks. She kind of sucks for, for a large portion of the movie. But also, I like the song that Maribel has there, "Waiting on a Miracle." Oh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Because I feel like Disney doesn't do a whole lot of songs in their movies where like time stops and the character like gets to walk around like that. Mm-hmm. And it's very like opera-ish to me. Because like in in opera singing, everything in opera, everything is sung. So there's two different types of musical pieces. Mm-hmm. So you have recitative, which is where, like, it's basically all the dialogue. So characters are just, like, narrating what they're doing or talking to mm-hmm. other characters or expositing or whatever. And it's very fast. And, like, they're singing, but it's basically all the talking that would happen in, like, a musical. But this one's just her singing. Yeah, and then in opera, there's, like, a thing called an aria, which is basically what this is, where, like, time stops and a character talks to you about, like, how they feel about mm-hmm. what's going on. But, like, it's cool to see them branching out into, like, something kind of new. Like, I'm yeah. sure that something similar to I mean, this has happened I mean, the most before. recent, like, operatic, like, big Disney movie that, like, I feel really captured opera would probably be just, like, High School Musical, but... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you. That one scene where Zac Efron's roaming through the halls and he's in an emotional turmoil as he sings. Yeah. That's an operatic scene, <laughs> I'm saying that that jumped out to me when the first time that I watched it, I was like, "Oh, hey, this is kind of like an aria." And oh, I feel you. It was it was interesting, especially because like the animation in this movie is really really good, and so like getting to see her walk around while the like she's watching sparklers burn in slow motion, and like they're still everything's still moving a little bit, but it's super slow, and I don't know, it just looks really really good. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, I was like, "Hey, you suck, bro." <laughs> Sorry, Maribel, you suck, and uh, you're going crazy. So then the next day, she Maribel goes and talks with her sister, Louisa, the strong one, um, to confess that 
or uh, sorry, because she feels that Louisa might know a little bit of information about what's going on because she's been acting a little strange around her and at the family mm-hmm. dinner and everything. So um, Louisa actually confesses to her that she feels overwhelmed with the near constant work she must do. And then she ha- <laughs> uh, suggests that she checks out Bruno's room in the Forbidden Tower in the Casita. And they also have one of the clues to the phenomenon. Yeah, this song is incredible. This song slaps. It, it, uh, uh, like, like this drop mm-hmm. is so good. <laughs> <laughs> this song's really cool. And uh, I don't know, it's just cool. They, I feel like they really went hard on like the visuals during the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, in, in Moana, they had songs and stuff, but they never really did anything crazy with, like, the, the scene where she was singing. Like, it was her, like, walking around the island or just being wherever she was singing or whatever, mm-hmm. which Moana's really, really good. I think this is, you know, it's, like, not to shit on Moana or anything. Are but you saying Encanto is better than Moana? That's not what I said, but I would say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, no, they just, they just went really like all in on making the songs engaging having a lot of visuals and being able to like show you through the visuals how they're like giving you more insight into how the characters feel like during uh Louisa's song about feeling pressure like there's always these scenes of her like trying to hold up the doors from everybody's room in the house and like having to hold up the the whole valley and the mountains and stuff like on her back and so like you, you it helps you understand visually but also through the lyrics of the song like they reinforce each other to tell you that she feels overwhelmed that she's carrying a lot of emotional stress mm-hmm. so like I, I don't know I really appreciate that they used every available medium in the movie to like express these characters to you and then weren't just like listen to the song nice. yeah know. So, sorry, that was a lot of talking Go ahead. so Maribel uh, goes to visit Bruno's tower in the casita which i guess is just kind of his room his room was a tower which is dope um she goes in there and finds these pieces of an opaque emerald slab of glass basically starts to collect them and the room starts to fall apart and there's a lot of sand in there and it starts to almost trap her in but she ends up narrowly escaping and then quickly comes across louisa and discovers that Louisa is starting to grow weaker, and her powers are not the same as they used to be. Yeah. Um, following this, the family decides to casually remind her in a non-banger way that we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> yeah. um, this song is fucking fire. It goes unnecessarily hard. Yeah. Um, after she finds the, the vision, she's like trying to put it together in her room. And her aunt walks in, and she's like, we don't talk about Bruno, like, nobody mentions mm-hmm. him. Even in the opening song, they say it, like, we don't talk about Bruno whenever mm-hmm. she mentions him as part of the family. Mm-hmm. And this song is absolutely the best song in the whole It's, such a it's, so it's probably the best song I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it goes so hard. Um, I mean, everybody knows that Lin-Manuel Martin is he's, he's really good. Super fucking good. And I don't know, this song is just killer it builds up so good okay like don't get me wrong i love when real miranda and some of the stuff that he like acts and mm-hmm. but like sometimes it's a little fishy but everything that he like writes for yeah. is incredible no it's it's like really as good. an actor he's okay mm-hmm. it's very like varies but as a writer it is always great <laughs> yeah 
No, he's it, and oh. musically, it's yeah, incredible. This song is so good, and it's the same thing again. I mean, I know I'm repeating myself, but the visuals of the song are really cool. Like they're going through all the different things that Bruno predicted for him, and like either being sort of a flashback to like the day when he did it, mm-hmm. or showing like the effects of like the prophecy. Like it's all funny stuff, you know. Like the one person's like. He said my fish would die. You know, it's like he said I would get fat. He said I would go bald. Whatever, you know. It's like nothing crazy, but um, it's just interesting. Yep. That song's a banger. So I just want to talk about it some more. It's, it's really good. good. So uh, following the song, Mabel <clears throat> reconstructs the glass and discovers the image is of herself standing in front of a broken casita, and Mabel assumes that this means she will destroy the family. But as she falls into these assumptions, she's caught by her dad, who walks in. He's like, uh, you're not supposed to see that. Uh, takes all the pieces from her, basically, is like, what the hell are you doing? This is a big day, because, like, uh, her, her sister, sister Isabella, yeah. is, like, her potential fiancé's family is coming to visit and meet mm-hmm. them. Um, so it's a big day for the family, but the dad's like, just stay calm. Don't worry about it. No one else needs to hear this. And then the cousin who can hear, hear everything, everything. Yeah. heard about it. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, later that evening, Maribel's oldest sister, Isabella, who can make flowers grow out of all that. I don't know why she's saying that. Her power is making flowers grow. Um, is scheduled to meet with Mariano Guzman. Ooh. A strapping young lad. Um, after <laughs> <laughs> that's the man that she's supposed to be engaged to. Um, after a tense dinner, Maribel's oldest cousin... Dolores, who has the superhuman hearing, blasts into the... Oh, I'm sorry. Blurts out that she overheard Maribel and her father talking about Bruno's vision. Bro, I love the scene of them eating, too. Because, like, <laughs> Mariano's voice is so fucking dumb. Like, he's trying to... Yeah, well, because, like, he's trying to pass Maribel something, and she's staring at Dolores all the time, and she doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, puts a bowl in front of her face, and he's like, avocado. <laughs> it's like, why did you fucking... Like that, but also, I like how they have like this small little part where like Dolores actually really likes Mariano. Oh, um, yeah, Isabella doesn't really like him, but mm-hmm. Dolores does really like him, and like they're cousins, yeah. But you know, yeah, no, because during the the song about Bruno, mm-hmm. Dolores says sense. that like he's told me that like I wouldn't be able to marry the guy that I want to, and that's while Mariano's walking up, yeah. So, and then Isabella is like. Fucking hates Maribel at this point in the movie. It's not a great sister relationship. <clears throat> yeah, well, because like Isabel's supposed to be the perfect one, and Maribel just kind of like gets in her way a lot, and so she's annoyed. Well, but... luckily, the power of song can really fix a lot of things. That's true. That's accurate. You know, maybe yeah. that, that that might come into play later. But anyways, yeah, the dinner <laughs> is uh, super tense, tense and yeah. crazy, and Maribel's dad is funny. Yeah, and it goes horribly wrong. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> as they're having dinner, the casita begins to crack again, causing everyone's powers to go haywire. And everything starts to go crazy. There's animals running all over the place because of Antonio. There's rain because of the ant who can cause rain. Yeah. Um, Camilo turns into a baby with a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> like a baby's head with a mustache, but mm-hmm. on a man's body. Um, so... Everyone begins to flee the chaos, and Maribel follows a group and discovers a secret patches behind the portrait. Yeah, the rats, because uh, her grandma also sees the vision, because, like, the... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah she follows the rats. Together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the rats take the pieces of vision away, and she follows them to secret tunnel. There she encounters Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> Bro, the scene where they introduce Bruno is sick, too. Yeah, they have, like, like, a sick chase scene. Yeah. Well, because the rat falls, falls. She yeah. falls into the pit, and he's like, no. And then he falls, like, one foot, and yeah, it's like, the bottom oh. of the pit. And then they get out, and he just looks like he's like, Bye. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they introduced because in the song where they talked about Bruno, they describe him as like Camilla talks about him and he's like seven feet tall mm-hmm. and like he has rats on his back or something. So you're like, oh, Bruno. And he's also like all of his stuff is green, mm-hmm. like a lime green color, which with Disney movies is normally associated with the villain. Right, Slytherin. So you're thinking the whole time that. Bruno is like the bad guy, and he's this huge imposing figure. He's the best, bro. sort of like Jafar from Aladdin, honestly. And so, like when they first introduce him, they're still going with that because he's very mysterious. And then it turns out he's like the same height as Mirabelle, and he's voiced by Sid the Sloth, and he's goofy as fuck. He's so good. <laughs> um, she encounters Bruno, who reveals that this vision of Mirabelle would have to put her at odds with the family. Or would have put her at odds with the family and potentially the townsfolk. So he broke the vision and went into hiding to protect her, concealing himself within the house's walls so that he can be near them. I'm living in your wall. <laughs> well, that part's really sad. Because, like, he wanted to still be with the family, but he wanted to, like, make sure that Maribel wouldn't get, like, that no one would be bad at her because, yeah. like, she's the fate of the family or whatever. Yeah. But, and, like, he has his plate painted on that yeah, table. Yeah, so he didn't want to, like, out her so he goes into hiding but he stays there so he can still be with his family and he can see into their dining room when he has his little plate oh it's so sad <laughs> bruno, <laughs> bruno is depressing but i also like whenever he has like the tv set up with different oh of, yeah the little cutouts for the rats, rats to act for him no. and he has like multiple personalities and everything oh yeah where he's like she asked him if he's the one that's been fixing the cracks because there's like all this like plaster on the wall from the, from the back side of it and he's like oh no i'm too scared to go near those things all the patchings that i have around the what is it i'm worried i made this back <laughs> so um bruno reveals that the vision could change meaning that maribel would either destroy the family or the magical family would heal its ribs at Maribel's urge, he reluctantly conjures another vision. At first, it goes the same way as the previous one, with Maribel standing in front of the broken casita. However, however, a golden butterfly appears, and the vision changes into an image of Maribel embracing a young woman whom she identifies as Isabella. Yeah. <laughs> so in the vision, it shows like uh, the candle getting brighter and like things getting better. Mm-hmm. And Maribel has to hug Isabella. And like Aaron, the vision, she's hugging Isabella. Mm-hmm. And they fucking hate each other. And also, Maribel just screwed up her engagement. So, you know, it's not the best timing. So, you know. Yeah. Maribel apologizes to <laughs> Isabella by accident, you but accidentally provokes a, a cardi. A cathartic, not cardiac, cathartic Actually, actually, actually. Isabel provokes a cardiac arrest, bro. She just dies. <laughs> Isabel just drops dead. Yeah. Uh, the house falls apart, and all the rest of the family members die. In the, and in then the Bruno, Bruno kills Maribel. <clears throat> yeah, that's how Um, so, two current... <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't talked about my score for this one. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so, Maribel helps... 
Isabella bloom into her true, imperfect self, and she, after it, she admits that she doesn't really have feelings for Mariano and is actually just burdened by her perfect image. Yeah. Life's not that easy for her, you know? Being incredibly successful and beautiful and having everything going her way all the time. It's tough. Look, that's the thing, is everything hasn't been going her way. She I know, I know, I know, like, I know. No, it's cool. I like the I actually like that they, like, did that. Because, yeah. like, the, that's the way I was just saying it, is how Maribel sees her, but, like, mm-hmm. it actually shows what she's feeling as yeah. well. It's, it's no, and I like it, too, because you get to see, like, a different side of that character. Because, like, you've already, Louisa had her song about, like, feeling stressed out mm-hmm. and, like, having a lot of pressure on her, and the movie never really gives you that insight to Isabella until now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's the same thing, just like a different side of the same coin, I guess. They both so, uh, are like locked into living in ways that they don't particularly enjoy. Yeah, exactly. So Maribel helps Isabella blossom into her true self and her imperfect self, and they embrace strengthening the candle and healing the cracks. However, Abuela. 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 She's the two of them with Isabella growing whatever she wants nothing is perfect but it is imperfect mm-hmm. in a beautiful way oh yeah and accuses mary of causing the family's misfortunes out of spite for not having a gift and that other family members gifts have started to wane and mm-hmm. drop off as well and then Mirabel calls her bitch ass She out. calls her out. Oh my god, she really does. <laughs> so she blames Abuela for the immense pressure she's imposing on the entire family. And is during the rising argument, the candle weakens again and creates a fissure that splits and destroys the mountain. No, splits from the mountain and demolishes the casita and puts out the candle. Despite Mirabel's efforts to try and save it, the candle does die in her hands and all the magical powers are gone. While the family and several locals assess the damage, a guilt-ridden Maribel leaves town. Yep, she just bounces. It's rough. Yeah. But she really does call Abuela. She does. She's She's like, you're treating everybody here like shit. Yeah. She's like, they don't want to do that stuff. You just force them to do it. Also, Maribel's a real bro for, like, having those conversations with them, you know? Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing is that like, nobody a lot of pressure. Yeah. Checks in on yeah. them besides her, and I don't know. I just like it a lot. <laughs> well, because you know, in most Disney movies and, and a lot of just movies in general, there's like a, a villain, mm-hmm. and then the hero has to beat the villain, and it's pretty black and white. And for evolutionary and psychological reasons, people like stories that go that way. But this story kind of foregoes having a traditional villain. This scene is where you really, you know, because, like, you kind of think it's going to be Bruno for a while, the way they set him up, and then you realize it's not Bruno, and then this just kind of outlines the conflict very well, you know? Because, like, you can see it the whole time, but it's finally built up to a point where they have this big blowout fight, and everything goes to shit, Mm -hmm. and you just, you kind of realize, like, this, or at least this is the first time where it became really clear to me that, like, this movie was strange from the typical... Disney animation formula, like having a main villain and going just straight forward. This story is about a family that has problems and needs to solve them. And it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a, a cool direction for them. There's more the layers to it than you would think. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. So after a few hours of fruitless searching, Abuela finds 
a tearful Maribel back at the river where Pedro originally died, like uh, Boyla's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and she explains in her determination to preserve the magic, she ignored the toll it took on her family and finally takes the responsibility for what she's been doing. Like, she agrees that this is what she's been doing. Maribel called her out and she was right, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After hearing almost tragic backstory, which is what you said earlier, where it shows like what actually happened, it goes a little bit more into detail about the creation of the candle and everything, and the loss of her husband. Um, it's kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, like I said at the beginning, you get to see that scene play out again, but it's a lot more like in detail. Like obviously, there's no. Like, or anything mm-hmm. but like you see more of the grandmother's reaction and like genuine pain on her face like it's rough and like the candle obliterating people because before it was like a sweet story like oh they got a miracle that's so nice and then the when in reality what happened is like their grandfather got murked mm-hmm. and then this candle obliterated some of hers and like mm-hmm. it was rough and so i think it's cool that you get to see because, like I said, the story is always told from Abuela's perspective, right? And so, like, I think it's cool that you get to see her being more honest mm-hmm. with Maribel as the story goes on, just through this little flashback scene. Not just and, sugarcoating. Yeah, exactly. Like, she tells her actually how it was, actually what happened, and why she's been the way that she has been. And it's just a really cool, yeah, really but, cool scene. Uh, after hearing her backstory, Maribel Fire tells... Fire herself, by the way. <laughs> Honestly. But yeah, it's beautiful. That's what a beautiful. Tells uh tells her that despite her flaws, she is the one who's brought this family together and has protected them for all these years, and they embrace. Ain't that sweet? Hmm. But right as they embrace, a golden butterfly. Nothing symbolic or anything. Yeah, no, definitely no visions not. No, about no. that or anything. Appears and then as they're reconciling, Bruno jumps out and appears and confronts. Abuela to defend Maribel. Unexpectedly, she's just really happy to see him. Although, let's not ignore that Bruno's being a total bro right here. Oh, for sure. He's like, I'm here to defend Maribel. Yeah, because he straight up, he says, I don't care what you think of me, but she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and like, dude. Yeah, and then Abuela's like, like, yeah, we already covered that. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> they're like getting on the horse like, yeah. <laughs> so afterwards, um, they reunite with the Marigos and the townspeople after everything has been rebuilt and Casita is back. Wait, no. Oh, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we skipped ahead a little bit. No, so the town- reunite with the Marigos and the town people arrive to help them build the Casita and there's yeah. an emotional moment where like Bruno sees his sisters again. And all that good <clears throat> stuff, and everybody's like, "Hey, Bruno, what's up, man?" Uh, and everybody's just like suddenly cool with him. Yeah, they're like suddenly cool. But I mean, honestly, that's the first time I watched it. I was like, "Oh, they're a little, a little too happy to see him since everybody kind of hated him." But that's kind of true. Like in families, whenever you don't see somebody in your family, for it doesn't time, matter. Yeah, yeah, it like doesn't matter. Even if you didn't like them, you see mm-hmm. them again, especially after something like. Mm-hmm. Well, if it depends right? on the person. Yeah. Damn, actually. Like, it's good to see you. Like, and then talk later. Yeah. I mean, even that one kid is like, do we talk about Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> and it's also so cool. All right, so I'm going to talk about the music a little bit again. Um, but, like, every song has, a, like, a reference to another song in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the in the opening song where they're introducing the family, Abuela has a part 
And when she sings, she's singing the melody to the Caterpillar song that's about her and Pedro later on. And, like, when Bruno comes back and they're singing the song, uh, and the kid, like, asks if they're going to talk about Bruno, it goes back to the We Don't Talk About Bruno melody, and then Bruno is, like, explaining why he's there to, like, that song, and then it just switches back to the other song. Like, they're all very... The whole thing feels super cohesive because every song has, like, little references to other songs in it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's not all, like, in... Isabella's song, there's a part where Maribel sings and she's singing the same melody that Isabella sang from We Don't Talk About Bruno. Like, it's just super cool, and I think that it's really impressive how well all those different pieces fit together to make the music all very cohesive and work together really well as a unit. Like, if you listen to the soundtrack of this, of this movie, you would be able to pick out so many different spots where songs reference other songs, yeah, and I think that's really that, awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, I'll shut up. Now. So, <laughs> I'm talking about They, along with the townspeople, rebuild the house, the casita, and the family gives Maribel a doorknob with an M on it, which is like all their doors have their like initial on them. Mm-hmm. And she places it into the door, and it actually reignites all of the magic, brings the casita back to life, brings the powers back to the whole family, everybody's back to normal, and then they pose for a family picture with Mar- with Maribel and Bruno included this time. Hell yeah. <clears throat> I also really like, I don't know, I guess, because that's the end of the movie, so I guess we can talk about other stuff yeah. now. I really like when the, the townspeople come back and help them rebuild their house. You've been, like, yeah. doing shit for us for years. Well, like, we got you. <laughs> well, because, like, the problem that... Lisa both had, like, during their songs when they were learning, or, like, figuring out, like, Isabella's really discovering for the first time that she doesn't enjoy the way her life is, and Lisa has known that, she just feels pressure to keep doing it anyways. Like, I feel like a big part of each of their struggles is that they don't have a decent support structure, right? Like, when they're feeling stressed out, there's nobody they can talk to because everyone in their family has a super high expectation of them. And, like, the townspeople coming back to help, I feel like, also illustrates that the the grandmother actually kind of feels the same way like they don't you never see the townspeople help them do anything Mm -hmm. because like they're the family that handles all the stuff and so she's constantly telling them like nothing's wrong we're fine we don't need help you know like kind of turning them away because they're supposed to be the people that are in charge and then she actually like lets them rebuild the house which i feel like is just it's kind of subtle but it's one of those things where like you Get to see how she's kind of grown as a character throughout the course of the movie as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. This is movie there anything you wanted to point out? Is really good. Yeah. I would like to talk about the animation. Oh, dude, it's so, so good. Good. The characters oh look incredible. Uh, whenever I like first notice it, it's kind of a weird thing to like first notice it. But the hair on Antonio. Looks so cool because it's like walking up the steps and it like bounces with yeah, dude. Steps. The hair, well, because yeah. you know, Disney actually for Tangled they developed like specific hair animation yeah. software for Rapunzel, <laughs> and it's just I don't know, it's so cool to see how far things have come because like they're all like that. Because mm-hmm. like the particle effects with the sand and Bruno's tower with mm-hmm. Mirabel, and like yeah. she gets it in her hair, she gets it behind her glasses, and you yeah. can see like specks, like individual grains of sand. It's crazy, it's, it's so it good. Looks doesn't look real. Not it looks real. Not to mention the fact that the there's a lot of dancing in this movie. All the all the music in this movie is this is set in Colombia, right? So it's all very like Colombian inspired.
character oh, yeah. music. So there's obviously a lot of dancing. And, like, the way the characters move when they dance is so, like, realistic and mm-hmm. fluid. It's incredible. Not to mention the fact that they, like, choreographed animated models. And it looks they incredible. Yeah. It looks so good. Yeah. It's, um, it's great. All the, <laughs> it's beautiful. All the songs are so good. And that's what I'm saying. Like, every piece of, like, a musical number in this movie works together so well. Because, like, I already talked about the visuals and the music, referencing other songs and stuff like that. Like, it's super great. But then it's also just, like, the actual choreography of the, the characters in each scene. Like, I don't know. It's all so engaging. Like, you never want to stop looking or listening to mm-hmm. any part of this. Yeah. And it's it's impressive. Yeah. So, um, you think this is better than Moana? I I honestly do think this is better than Moana. Not by like a huge margin. Yeah. I'm you know I'm not saying that Moana's bad. I really really like Moana. I just think that this movie it's not it's not even necessarily that it's better. I just think it's more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because like what I was saying with the traditional story structure of like having a villain that the hero needs to conquer. That's. Moana does that a similar thing. They kind of put a twist on the villain, mm-hmm. and um, and it's it's cool, it's interesting. I don't think it's bad, but I just think this story is generally more compelling to me. It's a lot more grounded. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Like even though there's like magical powers and stuff, this just feels very real. Like this is a thing that a lot of people could connect with. Like special person or like the failure in their family or feeling like the person in their family who is supposed to be special and they kind of don't want to have to deal with all that pressure you yeah, know? with like Louisa exactly like there's a lot here that I feel like people can really latch onto, and that makes this story just infinitely relatable to all types of different people yeah there's a character for everyone to relate to yeah mm-hmm. and I don't know just really like it I think it's I think it's, it's simple <laughs> Because, I mean, like, we went through we went through the whole plot of that movie in, like, 36 minutes. Like, not that much happens. But it doesn't need to be super complex with, like, a big, long journey. That's the other thing. There's no big, like, training montage or, like, long journey that the character has to go on or anything like that. It's very, like, one setting, they're in the house, they don't go very far from the house, or they're in the town, you know? And... It's just about them interacting with each other, not having effective communication and, and learning how to live with each other's flaws. I don't know. It's just really simple to the point and compelling. Cool. Well, how do you rank it? How do I rank it? I'm going to say three and a half. Cause I thought you would have said more. I've never, I don't think I've given anything a five, have I? I thought you were going to say four, because you've watched this movie like three times. Or maybe four. Maybe, you know what's great, yeah. I'll, I'll give say it four, four so I can give it three. <laughs> I'll give it four. I'll give it four. I think it is really, really good. I'm just trying to remember how I've ranked other movies, but screw it. Yeah, I have this no is idea all about emotion, yeah. Measure with the heart. I'm going to give it four kernels. I really like it. I have watched it like six times at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a banger. The songs are incredible. The story is really cool. Wanna, like, the characters yeah. are likable. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say like three point five, but it's better than other things that I'm pretty sure I said were like three point five <laughs> at this point. So I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. Oh, three point seven five four one two nine point another point one. Uh, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Right now, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I really do think it's probably Four Cardinals for myself. I think it's the best movie that like Disney Animation Studios has put out since Moana. Yeah, sure. absolutely. It's it's a great movie and definitely worthy of Four Cardinals, yeah. even if we are sharing the same score. No, it's it's great and like I, don't know, I feel like a lot of people, not necessarily our age, because I feel like most people our age don't think that way anymore. But people a little bit older than us. An animated movie that's for kids, whatever. But the thing is, like, the best animated kids, quote unquote, movies, like, there's something in there for everyone, right? Like, just because you don't have to love every aspect of it doesn't mean that the story can't be compelling or, like, impactful or have a lot of meaning for you. Yeah. And this movie is one of those that, like, you could definitely watch it as a kid and really enjoy it, but there's a lot there for adults, too. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's a lot of iconic songs as well. Bro, excellent yeah. music. It's insane. I don't think I've enjoyed a Disney soundtrack this much in like a long time. I know that, I don't know, probably Frozen has been the most popular Disney soundtrack before this one, because this one's kind of popping off. Um, and I like the songs in Frozen. They're just a lot more reminiscent of like older Disney stuff. Like it feels more like a 90s Disney soundtrack. And this one's different and i like it a lot yeah yeah anything else to say my guy uh i don't know i feel like i've talked a lot do you have anything else to say no not really have i been like talking over you a lot like pushing you around Uh, (laughs) it's fine fine. uh i don't really have much else to say honestly i'm gonna say more words go more words Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think we've covered it. I really enjoyed this movie, though. Yeah. More than I was expecting to. Well, because I watched it, like, three times, and you were like, you watch anything else? <laughs> and I was like, you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you don't get it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it three times within two weeks, though. Yeah, okay, well, to be fair, I also had COVID. What? You had yeah. COVID? I, like, a week and a half ago had COVID. You didn't even tell me. That's I'm just true. kidding. <laughs> People are going to think that I'm a horrible person. I no, am a horrible you person. You did tell me. Um, but I did let JT know that I had COVID. Why are you a horrible person? We don't to talk about that right now. We're, no, we're recording right now. Oh, okay, like, sorry. <laughs> they People that listen to this don't need to know. I mean, most of them probably already know. But I mean, everybody's a horrible person. That's a strong take. No. Uh, yeah, that's that's not true. Hot take. Not true either. Hot take for sure. Anyways. I don't think everybody's a horrible person. You're not a horrible person. I don't think everyone's a horrible person. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well. You know what that means. What does that mean? I don't know. There's only one what? thing left to be said. Is there? Yeah, check us out for a couple more episodes coming up soon. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, <laughs> it's been a minute. I know that we haven't recorded. What has it been like two weeks? Yeah, because we were. Um, uh, we were sick. Yeah, to be fair, I had COVID, and I also just started a new job. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to buy a car, hit me up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just started a job at a dealership, and hours kind of suck. I'm there from eight to seven every day, mm-hmm. so it's been hard to find time. And with me being sick, too, and us also having to bump somebody else's laptop because neither of us have one that works for recording. It's just been piling up a little bit. So uh, if you want more episodes, don't know why you would want that, but you should donate money to us. Uh, my Venmo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we've definitely done that joke a few times. Yeah. Patreon is. <laughs> if you guys want us to have a Patreon... 
tell us for sure. Actually, leave a rating somewhere and like type it in the rating. Like, start a Patreon. I'd love to. I don't care. Yeah, it would be five more dollars than I currently have. I'm actually sweating right now. It's hot as fuck in this room, and we turned off the air to try to not have background noise. Yeah. So it's a little steamy. All right. Well. Would you like to do weed off? Like, no, to do the honors of starting it? Me? Me start it? <laughs> Did I get it right? Oh, cool. <laughs>